The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. Good morning. Thank you for listening to Nature of Business. I am Chrissy Coughlin, your host, and I'm here with my producer, George Papoulias. We are excited. We have, a, we have a really fun guest with us today. We have Kathy Loftus. She's the Global Leader for Sustainable Engineering and Maintenance and Energy Management at Whole Foods Market. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks, and I'm happy to be here, too. So you, you have a really, um, what to me seems is a very fun job, <laughs> um, and I think to most people it will. Um, first of all, you work for Whole Foods, which is a, is a, is a large supermarket that most people have, have heard of, and... Um, there, how many stores are there now around the U.S.? Just about 300. We open, uh, we've opened a couple in the last couple of weeks, and we're opening a couple more, reopening a couple more um, in the next week or two. So, it's, yeah, it's, we're wow. growing. Wow. Actually, I was, I was, I was um, out last night and talked to a friend who said, oh, they're opening a store on August 22nd in Wellesley. Is that I think yeah. so right, right in our neck of the woods? You're like, tell them we're yeah. so excited that Whole Foods is coming to Wellesley. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll be sure to let her know. Oh, <laughs> so, that's great. Well, thanks. <laughs> so she'll be happy that I did that. Um, but you, so that's, you know, a little under 300 stores. And it sounds like, you know, you're not opening up as, as frequently as Starbucks. But obviously, you, you, you are in a growth pattern. Um, and particularly in this economy, that's a positive thing. And for sure, yeah. And part of the reason why is because it's smart business, and you're part of making decisions that ultimately save Whole Foods money, um, savings or opportunities. Talk to us a little bit. Give us an idea of sort of your day to day, what what you do. Sure, and and every day is different. That's of what course, makes job so fun. <laughs> but it's really exciting to work with um, everyone here at Whole Foods Market because the team members are just so engaged and passionate and go above and beyond every day. And I think the way I try to take um, or my, the strategy to my work is, um, since we are in a huge growth mode, I spend a lot of my time focusing on. Uh, working with the store development teams and our partners and really raising the bar in terms of design, making sure that we design in as much energy efficiency as possible, as well as green measures, just so that we, um, you know, we don't have to spend the money later to retrofit. Then I spend a ton of my time um, working with the teams on the existing store portfolio and analyzing what makes the most sense um, to retrofit, you know, for older stores with older inefficient technology. You know, it was maybe state of the art at the time it was built. Um, but now, you know, we've, there's been so many advances in technology and so many things we can do that um, I spend a lot of time looking at that as well. And then, you know, even today I have a monthly Green Mission meeting with lots of uh, Green Mission representatives from around the company. And so we think at a very strategic and high level, you know, what are the things we can do in all areas of green, mm-hmm. not only green buildings and energy, but wastewater reduction, refrigerant program reduction, um, packaging, you know, all kinds of, um, you know, waste diversion, other other green mission activities. So it's really a diverse job, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Well, when you when you say you're working with the store development teams and partners, what who are who are those people? So those are the folks that we have on our team that lead store construction and design efforts for their regions. We have 12 regions in the company. Okay. And, 
each of those regions has its own kind of store development team, and they work with several architect engineering partners and you know other sort of engaged people, whether it's utility partners or other stakeholders. We've, we just designed a really cool store in North Raleigh, North Carolina, our south region. We partnered with the Department of Energy and one of their labs, National Renewable Energy Lab, to sort of participate in their program how could we at some point, and how is DOE going to help the industry get to some point um, net zero energy buildings? And we know for supermarkets, because we're so highly energy intensive, to keep the perishables cold and, and things fresh and the environment cool for our shoppers, right lighting and all that, it takes a lot of energy. So we may not get to net zero quickly, but we can certainly look at getting to 50% below code. Mm-hmm. Um, and we almost achieved that with North Raleigh. The, the reason why we weren't quite at 50, but close to it, was because we wanted to try out a new state-of-the-art refrigeration system that uses so much less refrigerant than other stores. Mm-hmm. The trade-off there is you, you don't maybe um, you have a system that uses fractionally more energy than the traditional rack system. So that's why we didn't get quite to 50, but we know we can get there. Um, the, the plus side of that is it's going to be lead certified, possibly even lead uh, silver or gold. And we've got all kinds of technologies there. We have a water cistern. We have doors on medium temperature cases. Um, we've got all, excuse me, all kinds of uh, energy efficient and green aspects of the store. So so it's working with those kinds of partners, working with the engineers, making sure they're up to speed on all of the new technologies and opportunities out there. Whole Foods is in so many different states. How does that work in terms of fluidity, talking to all of these people and creating these buildings in, you know, in a green way, in a, in a LEED certified way, given all of the differences in policies within yeah, each state? Well, the, the great thing is, is we have what we call a repository or a library of all of the best practices, and we sort of, a couple of us keep um, on top of what's available in every region, and we help the regions in that way. We also rely on a lot of our partners to do that, and they are, you know, knowledgeable about what state regulations, codes, what utility programs there are available. But we internally have calls, formal calls once a month, and we also have in-person meetings several times a year with the whole team from across the company so we can replicate all of the best practices. But informally, we have calls with teams, you know, on a daily or a weekly basis to kind of share the information back and forth. So Mm -hmm. it's working pretty well. Keeping the the repository of best practices seems incredibly important. It seems like it would be absolutely ever-changing. Is that is it? Yes. I mean, like on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, it really is, and, that, and that's what's cool because when you know one of the things we're doing on the energy side, and we're doing it for new stores, but we're also going back and installing in existing stores, is a sub-metering program. It's kind of like a really cool energy monitoring program for stores. So more and more homes are getting these kinds of meters through their utilities, and some utilities are even automatically switching off air conditioning during the day or sub-cooling or mm-hmm. switching off certain loads for homes as well as businesses during peak load times to save money and also to, you know, help not have to build a new power plant, you know, mm-hmm. um, anytime soon. So what we've done is we've installed these sub meters in a lot of our stores 
for lots of different reasons. Number one, to really understand and analyze our load pattern so that we can see how we're using energy when, how can we change some behaviors, how can we switch out technology and prove the savings. And so that's one of the things that we've done is really looked at, okay, so putting doors on refrigerated cases saves a ton of money, saves a ton of refrigeration, saves a ton of refrigerant. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, switching out some lighting, doing some other discrete measures that we can then measure the savings, then immediately goes into a database with here's the approximate cost for this type of thing, here's what the savings is, here's what the payback is, and here are some comments from customers, from mm-hmm. team members, from team leaders from around the company. And then here's what the industry is doing, mm-hmm. you know, so it's mm-hmm. all right there in the database and people can get their fingers on it quickly. Let's talk about waste diversion and composting a little bit. Can you talk to our audience about about waste diversion? Absolutely. It's so important. Um, When we think about a a food retailer and how much um, product that we have that would be considered waste, it's it's not like a typical um, retailer or other type of um, industry where maybe the waste is either e-waste or you know, all cardboard, for example, or all, you know, non-organic waste. For a supermarket, a lot of it is organic material. Mm -hmm. So what we can do is, and and probably the best way to uh, remove that organic material is through composting. So in many regions where we have the infrastructure to do so, we have um, either local compost farms who will come pick up the materials or we backhaul that material to a distribution center and then they pick up there or we'll have a truck that will actually take the material from there and bring it to a compost farm. Um, And so some of our stores and some of our regions are up to an 80, 85%, even close to 90% diversion rate. In addition to the organic material that we compost, we also have all kinds of other recycling programs from shrink wrap to... um, cardboard to other plastics, the plastic materials that some products come in, um, all kinds of things. And a lot of that is on our uh, website right now. We also um, started a program where number five plastic was um, not really a plastic that was able to be recycled until recently. And we have a partnership called the um, Gimme Five, and it's with several suppliers. But Stonyfield Farm and others, um, you know, will take back that product and and, uh, reuse it. So we encourage our customers where possible to bring back materials to our store and our stores and in our offices for example we'll have e-waste days where we can bring things from home that are electronics and mm-hmm. some of our partners will come and pick those up. So um yeah we're we're encouraging not only recycling for the business and waste diversion for the business for several reasons the huge environmental benefits but also the the cost benefits. Um but then we also encourage our guests and our team members to do this at home and we even have classes sometimes in some of the stores that will show folks how they can compost at home using either vermicomposting or other um, types of compost bins and materials, um, and then how they can get engaged with their local municipalities and, um, you know, even representatives and senators to kind of get the ball rolling. You know, in some cities, it just wasn't really a big focus, Mm -hmm. Um, but luckily, Places like Chicago and other areas that didn't have this kind of um, infrastructure before are now really building it in. Mm-hmm. And so more and more of uh, stores and, and people at home can do this. Let's talk about um, our audience. Let's talk about what we can do. Me, uh, uh, people listening, what we can do at home. I know that when you walk into a Whole Foods, it's a total experience and you you, you get, you kind of see what's happening. It's, it's pretty... Um, 
comprehensive in some respects. I mean, you, you focus, there's obviously focus on the food and then there's focus on the energy and the green building. Um, what, what, what about taking that home? What do we do? Absolutely. And it's really kind of cool. I take the same approach and a lot of my friends know what I do for work. So they ask the same question. And, you know, what I did is I did an energy audit at home. And so knowing what you have that uses electricity or any kind of fuel for that matter, um, you can focus on where you think you have the biggest impact. So for most folks, it's the refrigerator, the dryer, lighting, air conditioning, um, possibly, you know, if they've got any pumping, whether it's for uh, pools or other kinds of things, and really take an approach that looks at each of those. Um, If it's an old piece of equipment, think about upgrading it to a higher efficiency piece of equipment. And some utilities, like in Massachusetts, the gas company has rebates for higher efficient gas um, equipment. Same with air conditioning. Um, And those are going to be your biggest um, wins, if you will. Mm -hmm. Lighting is simple. Switch out those incandescent lights, especially the ones that are used all the time. Not the ones that are sort of in a closet that are hardly used, Mm -hmm. but the ones that are really used all the time. And they're making them more and more aesthetically pleasing. But not only will you save energy, those things will last so long, you won't be, you know, having to buy replacements all the time, which is another green thing because, you know, you're just not using as much material all the time. So when you go and look at it from that perspective and really try to reduce first, because the the greenest kilowatt hour is the one that's not used, Mm -hmm. then what you can do is look into the economics of solar or some other type of um, on-site generation even. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even some communities are pulling together folks' um, money and and investing in a community solar or other kind of program where if they don't have um, the the garage, I mean, sorry, the the roof space or they have too much shading, um, but they want to do something like that, they can investigate ways to pool their resources and put a solar um, array up somewhere where they're then sharing in the economic benefit of that Mm -hmm. um, plant. So there's all kinds of things we can do at home. Um, definitely changing equipment is, is key. And then doing the simple things, too, like weatherization, upgrading insulation where possible in the winter, making sure that the windows are tight and that, you know, that no air is coming through the front door. Put a little, uh, you know, one of those snakes even in front of it mm-hmm. if you have mm-hmm. I have one of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate it and look forward to having you back on the show to talk more about what you're doing. Oh, thank you, Christy, and and nice to meet you and George. Um, Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.